Black Adam shows up to all this desolation and all these horrible, like, people distraught and dead and hurt, and he's like, I was right. Superman, you're not ready to leave Justice League. (laughs) Nightwing, this is all your fault. And it's just like, damn, like, you're a nasty man. Like, I see why no one ever wants you on the team. So that was really mean of him. But then we also fly out to space and we see, uh, what's that man's name? Hal Jordan with that girl. Yes. Janelle Monet. Uh, Joe. Yeah, her. <laughs> <laughs> her. Like yeah. they run into a uh, Kyle Rayner. Yes, they go off and rescue him. I absolutely loved when he was. Um, <laughs> he's about- Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Another Relaunch. Oh, this week, I am going to be Electra Nachos, queen assassin of them all. Oh. (laughs) But, oh, what's funny? Oh, Electra and queen. Um, I will be, (laughs) I'll be Echo. (laughs) My love. (laughs) All right. <laughs> how, are you, how are you today? <laughs> I'm great. I am having a pretty great week. Um, although I'm gonna have to start going back into the office soon, and I don't really like that part. Like I've just been so used to working from home every day. Um, it's only like a couple of days a week, so that's not too bad. But that's not. But I think I think that's what a lot of companies also do. just don't want to work. So. <laughs> I feel that too. <laughs> just, it just died <laughs> things for me. Uh, but no, I know a lot of companies are like they have gone back into the office, quote unquote. But it's really only like two or three times a week, if even that. I've talked to so many bosses, and they say they're like, I don't want to be back in the office. So, and they're like, they know if they make their people come back, then they gotta come back. And they're just like, no, it's okay. Yeah. And who wants to do that? I know I don't. So like, uh, but I was about I'm to say, really on the flip that. side of that, I have also met quite a few people who like love being in the office. And they tell me all the time, they're like, oh, I couldn't be productive at home. Like they're they're lonely mm. a lot of the times. Also, they're just like, I just didn't want to be in the house anymore. And I'm just like, well, see, those are the kind of coworkers that always like come up to you and like want to talk and stuff okay. in the office. And that's not me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a very <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I love so I love oh, like no. water call water cooler small talk like all of that. Tell me about your weekend. Like I'm not gonna tell you about mine, but like yes, please let me know what you did. Like I think that's so interesting. Don't show me pictures of your kids though. That one I can do without. I feel like people at my old jobs like thought I didn't like them because I was just like, don't don't talk to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I like treat my coworkers like. I'm not going to say my friends, but, like, I try and be nice to a lot of them. Because I realize, like, you know, I'm going to be around you a lot of the time anyway. So I feel like I should get along. And if I don't get along with you, then it's like, no, don't. And they can tell, which is why I get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started with these updates for the week. And uh, speaking of Echo, um, uh, we see that Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio have been reporting to be returning to the MCU. And they'll be in the Echo TV series. Now, I feel like we are kind of already figured that, yeah. right? Like, we've kind of figured that that Daredevil and Kingpin would appear in her show. I don't know if 
what they're going to do with Kingpin, considering the end of Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. They kind of left it. They kind of left it open ended. What happened between her and Kingpin? Um, but we know that Echo used to date Daredevil, right? Daredevil, <laughs> he'd be bagging mm. up. <laughs> he does. It's the sad boy thing. All the girls think mm. they can fix him. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Been there before. <laughs> yeah. Are you excited for their return? Are you excited for the Daredevil MCU <clears throat> debut? Is no. <laughs> is is this still considered? Is the Echo Show considered Phase Four? I don't know when it. I don't know when it comes out actually, but I don't think so. Then I don't know when I'll... this. I don't know when this current phase ends. I'm not sure. Um, it used to end. You know, they would cap it with a mm-hmm. an event, an Avengers movie or some some big team up movie, but they haven't really announced any of those yet. So anything we'll that's in phase four, I'm like, mm, I'm not really mm. here for. Um, I'm just keeping my prayers up for phase five. So if we're in phase five, I'll stay optimistic. Yes, um, I agree. I don't want any more of my faves to debut during this phase. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I'm good. I'm Gucci on all that because like uh, Taskmaster was in phase four and like, ooh, <laughs> we don't like that. So, you know, I'd rather wait till the course correction happens, you know, when everybody's like, you know, we got to fix this. Let's mm-hmm. bring in some new creators to turn the ship around. And that's what I like. Love. Oh. Is the Marvels considered phase four? Yes. February. Yeah, they're Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's Blue Marvel. Yeah. Damn. The MCU gonna have to see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They probably won't do too. They'll probably just. I don't know. I'm not even gonna. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's, it hasn't been. It hasn't been up to par. Yeah, I mean, speaking of more uh, MCU updates, there have been some Namor. I don't know if you want to call that like concept art. It's not really, who knows if it's official, but it seems as though it might be, uh, especially considering the things we saw in Thor Love and Thunder, which we'll be talking about later. Uh, But there were some leaks of Namor as well as Atuma and Namora. And it looks as though the Namor is going to be really based in like Mayan culture, and uh, I think it looks pretty cool. Kinda I do high. too. It looks good. He looks good. Like if if that's how he's going to look in the movie, like I'm here for it. Like the whole and yeah, I'm not sure. a Namor fan at all, so I was moved. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> really, you don't like Namor? Even his X Men appearances? No. I like his attitude. He's, he's not for me. Um, no, he's not for me. And then, like, the little wings on the feet, I don't like those either. I feel as though those were just... He's from 19, like, 39, I think is when he was created. I think, you know, they was doing whatever back there. <laughs> so <laughs> they just put some wings on his feet to explain that he can fly. Um, I'm interested... I think that the wings on his feet in this, like, art looks pretty good. I think that he, uh, like... They look like the look works better with wings on his feet here, uh, with the Agreed. way that he's dressed and everything. It looks really cool. Um, so we'll see. I'm not really sure how I feel about 
Black Panther 2 yet. So. I don't feel anything, honestly. I'm excited mm. to see um, Lupita on my screen again. Yes, Queen. And, and I'm also Another excited queen. to see Michaela Coel make her. Oh, yes. You. That's my girl. I do love her. So I'm love excited her. for like that little trio with the movie itself and everything. Mm. I don't know. We'll see how they do that. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but they just announced a new um, Black Panther series. It, well, it's not Black Panther. It's just called Wakanda. And it's going to have like Shuri and like all the people of the nation kind of highlighting the story. Like apparently T'Challa is getting kicked out of Wakanda. And like... <laughs> If there's one thing I've noticed about Black Panther books, it's like the people of Wakanda do not actually like that man. They are all no, they don't. I was gonna say this is a very like, <laughs> this is a very like quintessential T'Challa story. They always are like, go be to Avengers there. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like kind of interesting because you know Marvel and DC they love their synergy with the comic book. So it's like as we kind of get into Black Panther two and like Wakanda forever, and then now the series is coming out. Seems like T'Challa is gonna be sidelined a little bit in the comic books as well, and it'll be like interesting of when they'll course correct that, so to speak. Because mm-hmm. all of Chaswick, rest in peace, he did a fantastic job. I personally do think they should recast. I um, I don't think that the character should uh, like cease to be. Because if we're going to be honest, there are like, what, two, three prominent Black characters mm-hmm. in the Marvel-like universe at all, and it's Storm and Black Panther. Yeah, and I think a lot of people want to see that that relationship play out. We want to see, like, the Storm and Black Panther marriage, maybe. If Namor does debut, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he actually has been recast, and, like, it'll be the surprise of the movie. Mm -hmm. Don't keep that a secret. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. The timeline's going to be a mess. The first Black Panther had everybody in shambles for about six months, so... Yes, yes, it did. Um, I mean, we'll be finding out soon. You know, they are going to be returning to San Diego Comic Con, so. Mm, and I, do you think I, I a trailer? They'll be dropping. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I can see that. We'll see. We'll definitely see. We'll stay optimistic. Um, and last but not least, a little bit of an update from the Captain America corner. The Captain America Four has found a director with uh, Julius Ona who is a Nigerian director who did a Cloverfield Paradox, if you're familiar with that kind of like thriller action kind of movie. Um, so how do you feel as the, you know, Sam Wilson stand here? I'm excited. About yeah. I am. Him getting his own Captain America movie. I'm very excited for, you know, my feelings on Anthony Mackie. Right. And, <laughs> you know, just like the type of actor and person he is and his portrayal as Cap and Sam and all that. But I still like it. It's, I enjoy photos. I was just rewatching Falcon and the Winter Soldier the other day. I do think, like, the thing that's funny is the articles that come out about him in this role, and, like, they just refuse to call him Captain America. <laughs> and it's like, you can wow. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's okay. It's going, it's, we're going to see it, like, on the movie, on the title screen, all that. It's going to say that. I hope they call it Symbol of Truth to match the comic. Oh. Period. I didn't even think about that. And I'm excited for the future. Like, you know, the Isaiah Bradley stuff I liked in the show. You know, we might get some Patriot. I don't know if he's still behind a lot of that legal red tape, but we got a little bit of him. I'm excited to see more of um, Joaquin and Falcon and just all that. I'm here. The suit looks good. I'm interested you to see how the Joaquin like, is of his own Falcon suit. 
I hope so. I like his little falcon green suit with the helmet. You know I love a headpiece. So it's like... Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also am interested to see how they kind of update his Captain America look. Because as we know in the comics, he's only ever had that one. It's from iconic yes. design. It's not going anywhere. But it's like, you know, you think about the MCU. Even like with Carol, they changed the way her suit looked around a little bit with some of her appearances and stuff like that. So I'm anxious to see how they yeah. do it. You know, they gotta sell toys. <laughs> they gotta sell, sell toys. different costumes. And all that different stuff. So I'm sure he'll get multiple. I wonder what they will look like. Yeah, it's like really interesting because again, he's never had a look in the comics, which I also think it would be nice to give him like a new suit in the comics. Again, like I think that his Captain America suit is similar to Carol's Captain Marvel suit, where it's kind of like this might just be the look for the rest of them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, like, if you think about it, isn't wasn't Steve's Captain America suit basically like that? They just kind of mm-hmm. like would tweak it every now and then and make some mm-hmm. small variations, but it's yeah. mostly the same. It's and it's like crazy because I like when he gets his more combat gear look with the like chest piece and this guy with his helmet. That's cool. But um, yeah, I see why they changed it around. But I don't know. I do think that's the thing. I would like to see something else or like just maybe move some of the colors around a little bit. I think white is one of Sam's good colors. Like when he used to have his red and white Falcon suits. Oh, but you know, a white suit also is like. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a red butter. You love a white suit. <laughs> it's a white suit i'm gonna be there so if they want to put a little bit more of that and then like maybe do some other things with the red and blue i wouldn't be mad at that either or yeah, even definitely they could emphasize the red more too because his previous suits were red oh that's true mm. i wonder if that's why they went more white so they didn't like look like his previous I suits i can see mm. that yeah it's a good color yeah it's hot. He's getting his own movie, so that's exciting. And now that they have a director attached, they'll probably be finishing up like the different drafts of the writing, and probably will start filming it. What 2024? Probably. Yeah. That's phase yeah, five. Definitely. Sure. That's phase five for sure. <laughs> 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 That'll be the course correction phase for sure. <laughs> all right, y'all. That's all the news we got this week. Let's take a little break, and then we'll come right back. Welcome back to your favorite part of the show. Oh, no. The relaunch is your favorite part of the show. Maybe comic reviews might be. I don't know. All, all, of, all of it is. All of it is. <laughs> Period. <laughs> uh, it was kind of a light week after like the last two heavy loads that we got, which was like nice. It was uh, easy to kind of get through. Uh, but then we had other stuff going on. Ms. Marvel was out, which I kind of forgot to watch. I'm not going to lie. But that's okay. We'll talk about it later. And uh, Love and Thunder and all of those, which we're also going to talk about later. So let's go ahead and get to the books of the week that we did have. And we're going to start out with Dark Crisis number two. And that comes from Joshua Williamson and Daniel Sam Perry, whose art is just like it. King. And Alejandro Sanchez is on the colors, which is like also amplifies and awesome. art. It's just like <laughs> they're doing it. This is like an all-star team. And this issue was just like a big blowout. You saw at the end of the last 
issue of Dark Crisis, Slade and a bunch of the villains were attacking Titan's Tower, and this is where we get it. Like, Slade and those villains are in there. They're fighting. I'm, I don't read the Titans Academy. They're fucking kids. <laughs> okay. So I didn't know who, like, a lot of these kids were. I was, like, going through pages. I was like, who is this? Like, why is this person here? But then I was like, oh, these must be the kids from the Academy. But they was, like, fighting back a little bit. So shout out to them for getting That's some right. good training. Um, and throughout it all, we just kind of see that Pariah. I always want to call him Parasite. Pariah is uh, mm-hmm. talking to Slade, and he's like, you know, don't kill the heroes. I need them for something else. It's like... Just, yeah, he needs the darkness. <laughs> he needs the darkness, so he's like, let them go. But, like, even so, just the fighting in between all of that was, like, really well Woo! done. Perry's layouts. Nightwing's fight with, Darth- with Deathstroke? Oh, man. When John, he's about to, Deathstroke is about to shoot Nightwing, and John flies in at the last second to stop the bullet. Classic. I gasped. <laughs> I audibly gasped. And he's when he said, uh, you missed. I said, Oh yes, this is this is what I want. Okay. This is, this is, what you <laughs> this is my kind of event. Um I just think it was very nasty at the end of the battle and everything like that. Black Adam shows up to all this desolation and all these horrible like people distraught and dead and hurt, and he's like, I was right. Superman, you're Y'all not scrubs. ready to leave Justice League. <laughs> Nightwing, this is all your fault. And it's just like, damn, like you're a nasty man. Like I see why no one ever yeah. like, wants you on the team. So that was really mean of him. But then we also fly out to space and we see, uh, what's that man's name? Hal Jordan with that girl. Yes, Janelle Monae. Uh, Joe. Yeah, her. <laughs> her. Like they run into a uh, Kyle Rayner. Yes, they go oh, off and Kyle. rescue him. I absolutely loved when he was, um, he's like breaking out of some prison or something, and um, he took a prisoner's gun and he obviously like shot him, but he's like coming back and helping him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, had that been John or Guy, they would have just left you to die. But he's like, you know, I'm the artistic one. And he right, John would have. He would have. <laughs> kept, <laughs> kept it moving. But that's fine. Uh, but, um... We also like, like had a big moment for you. I could tell, like, at the end when we saw all those lanterns together, when it was like uh, Kyle and they're like, oh, I brought back up. I was like, oh, this is like an LC book. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and he, uh, Hal presenting Kyle with his ring, like, you know, we got some business we got to take care of. The Justice League are dead. We got to do some stuff. And the backup is here. The cavalry is here. So I, I loved it. The Lanterns be dying a lot too. They do. And when I look at this lineup here, it's it's kind of the scrub lanterns. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. But you know, they can probably do something. You might have to call in Mogul. I don't know if he died. We could we'll see. What would what would you rate this issue? Oh, five out of five. Daniel Saperi is one of my favorite artists by far. So and good. I'm just really enjoying this event. Like it feels like a fun summer event. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'll actually agree with you, and especially on the same Perry front. I've loved this art. Again, if you never read the Future State Aquaman book that he did with Jackson and Andy, you should go back and read that. He was doing action mm-hmm. comics for the first half of that year in that story. Definitely line. read that. Yeah, like absolutely read that. Aquaman was also in that too. Him and Clark was beefing. It was good. I think I'm gonna go back and read yeah. that first half again because that was. It awesome. was good. Yeah. Mm. But that's it. Next, oh, Batman 25. You read a Batman book? Yes, I did. I put a Batman book on my list, um, and this was, um, you know, I used to read Batman, like, a lot of the Tom King stuff. Um, I think I read some of the Snyder stuff. Batman is just classic. Like, he's good. And um, But he's always one where I've always felt like I can 
come back and read his stuff. Like I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to keep up with it month to month because it was always so good and I can just kind of come back to it. But uh, they had a new run by Chip Zdarsky and Phil Jimenez. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I, I like I like Chip. I like Phil uh, and I'm sorry, not Phil Jimenez. Um, I think Phil just did the cover. Um, interiors were, hang on. Let me find the page. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Um... Uh, Jorge, it's Jorge Jimenez, not Phil. Oh, him. Oh, that's still a good team. He's also a very yes. Good yes. Very handsome man, too. And um, I, first of all, I kind of enjoyed it. So I don't know if Batman might be back on my pull list. <laughs> because this was... <laughs> This is pretty good. It's like it starts off with kind of a flashback story. We see uh, there's this like machine or something that goes off in the Batcave that um, is noticed, but like obviously it's it's in the past because it says like you know this is happening in the past, and we see that Batman is having this uh, wild dream about these three Jokers that came in, like, killed all the Batman, but then it's, it turns out to be a dream. He goes off, and there is a some missions that he was doing with uh, Robin, and it is Tim Drake uh, Robin. So this is obviously, like, kind of in the past. Um, but it turns out that someone, and we find out that someone is Penguin, is going after, like, the billionaires in Gotham. And I'm not sure what happened in the past, but something where... Uh, Bruce doesn't have all his money anymore, but um, so he isn't really necessarily being targeted. But Penguin um, is like going after all all of the billionaires and all the people who makes a lot of money because he feels as though they never like clawed their way up the way he did. And like you know, basically a a, a quintessential villain story where he is like, I just want to go after some people. And he's killing people. Uh, there were definitely a lot of murders that happened up in this, and uh, so. Tim and Bruce go on this mission. Bruce is Bruce, and he's he's still got an invite to this one gala because I guess he's still got a little bit of money. And uh, he's, like, playing the Bruce role. Tim is, like, sneaking in and taking out some guards back there to try to help. Batman um, he appears because uh, Penguin says, you know, I'm going to kill these people. So Bruce turns into Batman, and all hell breaks loose. There's a big fight, and Tim gets shot in the neck. And um, Bruce is, like, freaking out. He's like, you know, I've had this happen before with a Robin, and I can't keep doing this, like, with these kids. So he takes him over to the hospital, and the entire time, Tim is like, you know, we can't do this. You're going to get caught. And Bruce is like, I'm not going to lose you. So they go to the hospital. And um, then we fast forward back to our time, and it looks like there was, like, some kind of fail-safe robot thing that was in the Batcave. And that's what ends up being activated back in our time now. So... I'm not really sure exactly what that is. I think there was a time when Bruce died and and there was like a robot Batman that kind of took over his position. So I don't know if that has anything to do with this and it's just been activated or something and they got to probably fight it. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, I was really into this issue. Um, mm-hmm. Jorge's art was really great. Um, you know, I also like Zdarsky. Um, his Batman, mm-hmm. his take on Batman was pretty great. There's a backup story in this by uh, Chip. Zadarsky and the art is by uh, Belen Ortega, and it's a Catwoman story. Um, so basically, mm-hmm. what happened? A uh, penguin, since he's no longer alive, he has something called the um, like the ice lounge, and mm-hmm. I guess like that is some lounge that she used to go to. But the people there are like 
acting wild and being crazy. So she's like, you know, I will go and settle this because I want the people in my area to be safe. And um, they end up meeting someone called the uh, Underbroker. I don't know if that's a Catwoman villain or something. Um, but there's an underbroker, and he's got this attorney who he's called <laughs> the executor, and it's a robot, and he's kind of funny. But long story short, uh, he has to deliver the will of Penguin, and part of his will is he has to find the kids of Penguin, and he goes out to Catwoman to help her find Penguin's kids. Oh, so this is going to be like has- a continuing backup. It's a continuing backup Catwoman mm-hmm. story where she's going to be going around and probably. I don't know what's going on with the kids. I don't know what, and the robot doesn't necessarily what he has to do in the will. He just needs help finding the kids. So I don't know if he's going to find them and try to kill them and she's got to stop them or who knows, but it's a pretty fun Catwoman story. Um, Maybe I'll pick it up for the Catwoman. She looks hot. I also like the art. They're really like, DC and these backups is really trying to get me because they know I don't want to read this book. Even though I do like Chips Zdarsky and I like Jorge Jimenez, um, I just don't want to read about Batman right now. But he they know I'm gonna read about Selena. The Catwoman backup is really high too. And she's um she was like in her apartment. Um and this is I mean, I don't know when this is I think this is also in the past. Yes, because Penguin is dead. So um she's like in her apartment, she's not dating Bruce, they're not like married or anything now. So mm-hmm. um she's just hanging out in her t shirt <laughs> with her cats. And um I think you like it. I know, especially because her main series isn't really hitting right now. Mm. Chip does a great job. We'll see. What would you rate this issue? I would give this issue a four out of five. I think okay. I'm going to at least check out this first arc. I want to see what's going on with Batman. Okay. Shout out to that. Good. To, you know, if you're a fan of Chip, if you're a fan of Batman, go ahead and go pick that out. Um, before I get into the last book of the week, I did want to do two quick shout outs. DC vs. Vampires number seven has come back, and that is still an amazing series that I think everyone should read. Vampires are coming back on the horizon, you guys, so like get ready for that and all the content that will be coming with it. Um, also, Nubia and the Amazons number two came out. This is like just still continuing to like delve into Nubia's backstory. Yara and the Esquisita showed up, so it's the dolls, you know, I was really oh, cool. into that. Those are my girls that came to help their Amazon queen, so like we love them for that. And um, there was also another issue of the excellent, but people keep telling me that they don't like that book. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. But what happened? I thought people wanted books about, you know, the mutants with like I physical think, mutations. I think the excellent is like very like on brand but off brand at the same time. Uh-huh. And it, it's one of those things where it's like weird. You know, it's like how Doom Patrol is like weird. Oh, like, okay, yeah. That's what the excellent is. And so if like if you're not really into that, then you probably won't be into it. But like it's cool. Um, so I think people should pick it up. But our final book of the week is actually Poison Ivy number two, and that comes from G. Willow Wilson with art from Marcel Takar. And let me tell you, this is a series. Shout out to DC. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Like, they really kind of like cleared this week for me. Like, if ever, yeah, same. Had, like, and this Poison Ivy book is so good. So, this issue, Poison Ivy, it's like dealing with a lot of the economy of like what she's doing and answering those questions that a lot of people have had about uh, Pamela over the years. Like, she talks about how people think she's vegan. And she's like, no, I'm very much a carnivore. And she talks about like all of the ways that they make vegan and vegetarian foods and like how it actually like hurts certain things. And so that's why she doesn't go against that. And they show her like killing some people who are part of those processes. We also kind of get these flashbacks of her and Harley. And she's talking about, you know, I do love Harley. I love all these people. I love this stuff, but like, I love the earth more. And like, 
that's just what it is. And so then we flash back to the present. She's like in the midst of creating her extinction event. She is giving, she's spreading these things called the Lumia spores into all of the people who are sitting in this diner that she's just hanging out in. And she talks about how as they leave, you know, they'll meet their neighbors. They'll go shake someone's hand. They'll go talk to somebody else. And once they do that, they'll spread these pores and they'll just continue to spread throughout the entire world. And once she activates them, all these people are going to die. And she meets people in these diners. Like this one girl comes and randomly sits and talks to her. And she's like, you know, I do poetry and it's not really working out. So I'm trying to get a job. And she talks about history and how Vikings thought people were trees. And like Ivy's having her internal monologue. And she's like, these aren't bad people. Like they're just caught up in the web. And she's like, I have to remind myself that this death that I'm giving them is actually going to be gentler and nicer than what they'll face because the earth is going to shit. And hey, like, you know, like, <laughs> everything's on fire and this is what's going on. She's like, I just got to do this because this is what I got to do. Um, the police end up coming into the diner. They're actually looking for the girl that she met who does the poetry and they like, have a quick moment, but she spreads her spores into the cops, kills them. She goes on about her way. As she gets on, she's like, you know, I got to stay focused on my goal. I got to do what I need to do. But we also find out that somebody might be following her and that the ruin that they talked about when they were talking about trees and stuff like that, that's burned into the wall. And so she's like looking back. She's like, is it Batman? What's going on? But she's like, no. <laughs> she's like, he found me out here. <laughs> um, but she realized like, no, he wouldn't have saw that. So like she realized somebody else is following her. So like we get into that and that's where the issue ends. Uh, but I I'm just really enjoying this. I know there have been some complaints about the series. People don't really like Poison Ivy still being, I guess, this villainous. They've seen her more as like an anti-hero and they've seen her become a little bit softer, especially in her relationship with Harley and the way she operates. And this is the Ivy who is very much like, yes, I still have a lot of those tendencies in me, but you got to remember that I'm going to do what I need to do. And like she is doing that. She is killing people. And even so, like I said, there's still the monologue of the internal conflict of how she says, you know, is this what I should be doing? Like she talks about how she sees this family leaving the diner and they're getting into their car and she's like, you know, I feel like a tingle on the back of my neck. So like this is is wrong i shouldn't be doing it but again she's like never mind i gotta do it like the earth is going to hell i gotta kill them off um and let it reset so it's a really good story i will honestly give this like a five out of five for, for marcio takara his art is like fantastic especially when he gets like his face uh his uh, close-ups of ivy's face the acting of that is like amazing we get some flashback scenes that look really really good the way he changed her costume the way he does her powers like i just really enjoyed this series altogether i highly recommend it I'll definitely get that first up uh ivy content and i personally like villainous ivy and granted yes her girlfriend is harley quinn but harley a villain so like <laughs> and it's like and i and i'm also glad that you know we emphasize that she loves harley and that's her girl but she also has her own life good I, yes she, she deserves to have that yeah hmm all right, y'all. Well, those were the comics of the week. Let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come right back. You want to do your book club? Oh, yeah. I forgot about them kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that in, because I truly forgot about them kids. Um, <laughs> I got some things to say, actually. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's okay, talk about it. so... Um, this book club, we were reading New X-Men issues four through nine. And 
I don't know. This series is kind of rough. Um, it seems to be doing a lot of uplifting of Emma at the but at the expense of like the people around her. I don't I'm not the biggest um I'm not the biggest Mirage Danny fan, but like it seems as though Emma is being like elevated while Danny is not, <laughs> in my opinion. So I do agree with you in the sense that it's rough because A, for the time it came out, the writers who did it and like what the story content is about. The Emma thing, I don't know. I feel like if we being real here, I feel like that's been Emma's thing since she came onto the X-Men. It's always being uplifted in spite of everyone else and everyone else gets dumber. <laughs> yes, it's like all of a sudden everybody around her just doesn't make right decisions except right. her. Yeah, like that's but that's like been a consistent thing since Emma Frost has been around. For some reason, writers get her and she becomes this infallible white woman who just like does everything and does everything correctly, even though she's failing. That's the thing I don't ever get either. She's failing at all of this. Like these kids, well, I know what's gonna happen to these kids, <laughs> but, but <laughs> it happens on her watch. Oh yeah, like she gets kissed. I don't know. All the time. And then, um, it seems like, like there was like a beef between Monet, I'm sorry, not Monet, um, Danny and Emma in this. And um, Danny like used her powers on Decay at one point. Like, I guess that was a past thing that happened before. And they had like a recap of it here. And she like used her illusion powers on him because he was using his powers on people. And that just didn't seem like Danny to me. Mm. Am I right or wrong? I mean, I can, see a, I can see that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also didn't feel like I liked the way Cyclops was being written in this. Mm -hmm. uh, again, every time Emma was around, he was making the dumbest decision while she was making the better one. And anytime anybody tried to check Emma, like Ron at one point was like getting upset with her and Cyclops had to step in and like, no, that's not how you talk to her. And well, that also feels accurate though. Scott wouldn't let anybody talk to Emma like that. That's Maybe fair. Jeans, yes. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like he never made any like I right think, in this. I also think, well, again, I think that is like a part of that whole thing with Emma. Like, everybody kind of gets dumb around her. But I also think about that time, and that was like Emma and Scott restarting the school like being everywhere doing like they were the big bosses they were kind of annoying mm. yeah i guess that's fair they were being the bigger bosses here um but i don't know but also what about danny in this she like handed over decay to the fbi after like oh wither yeah wither my fault <laughs> like... Sorry. I told I'd be forgetting these kids. A lot of them aren't that memorable. A lot of them feel like they're very tropes in this. Wither was not memorable. I will agree with you there. He was memorable when he became more of a villain. Spoiler alert. Oh. But if he is he gonna be a villain, he should stay that way. Not not during these writers into uh iterations of the characters. Like after all the new X-Men in the house. Mm. I mean, well, I guess it starts here. Mm, no, no. I mean, the seeds are planted here, and it starts here, um, but it continues on after, like, decimation and all that stuff goes on. But, like, I don't know. Danny, yeah, that feels right. 
turning him off. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah. Damn. <laughs> like, she would still okay. look at it as like, oh, he killed somebody. And like, but I think, I think about like how a lot of people in, um, write superheroes and like their relationships to cops and like the justice system and that it will do the right thing. And it's like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but she is wanting to think like, oh, it's going to do the right, like, this is the right thing to do. Like, it was just your powers. Like, we know that, like, if we don't turn you over, it's going to cause a bigger problem than it actually would. Like, more people are going to come here. It's going to be a thing like, let's do this. Let's get it situated. Let's get you home safely. And then, but again, I think that's a part of the story that we'll see with Wither and Danny and the relationship that they have. Okay. I guess that's not bad. I did like the fact that the two squads had their little challenge out on like their little field day trip. That was kind of cool to see. Um, Hellion instantly, yeah. like character I really like. I like him. He gave that whole speech in the cafeteria about you know. Yes, he would rally up. I like that. I appreciate that. Mercury is his home girl. I like that. I like her too. Um, She's cool. She's got. Um, Search queen. Does she turn it around? Cause she's kind of a nasty girl. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know. She's kind of a mean girl to dust, and I don't think I like it. Um, she is. She is like really mean to dust for no reason. Dust <laughs> <laughs> doesn't do anything but exist there, and but then like, all of a sudden she's like, yeah. "Dust could be sitting there doing nothing." <laughs> and Serge will look at her and be like, "Did you just call me a whore?" Like, girl, no. <laughs> I think, no, but I think a big part of Noriko's story is that Noriko came to the mansion and she had a lot of anger. And, like, she, like, yes, yeah, she was in, like, Dust honestly just was kind of, like, in the line of sight. Like, you were my roommate. You kind of, like, we kind of got off on the wrong foot of, like, what we thought, like, was appropriate and womanhood and all that stuff. And it just continued to go from there. I think a big part of Noriko's story is that, like, she never really gets over the anger, but she learns how to work through it better. And her and Dust have like, we'll see. We'll continue as we continue the story. But she definitely is a little mean. <laughs> She's kind of a mean girl. <laughs> but that's fine. Somebody has to be sometimes. It's not too bad. Like I said, these kids are all right. Fair girl, you're getting played by Alex, sir. He's a nasty boy. <laughs> He's a nasty boy. And her name is Wallflower. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, I just know how this pheromone girl. <laughs> the pheromone, you know, the thing about her powers is like pheromone powers, I think, are like kind of interesting and cool. Um, and they do some stuff with her. Cool. And yeah, I think like, you know, altering somebody's body chemistry, like having control of that, that's kind of, that's, that's hot. I think about like Stacey. Like, what are you going to do if I, what are you going to do if I spray some Jimmy Choo Blue? Then what? I don't think that's how that <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how that works, but I understand what you're saying. But like the girl should also know combat. So I would hope so. Her fer- like pheromones are just like you have to smell that. People will What you gonna do if it look with a look gust of weird? Then what? Well she'll blow them back. <laughs> How? <laughs> the pheromones are there, it's stuck. It doesn't matter. Even Dak can have pheromone powers that he would use on people. That's how he would like manipulate them. Powers don't work well because they you can work. alter them easily. You'll actually see the effect of the pheromone powers as we continue on in this. Thank you. They already showed her in this where someone just blew her pheromones away and it didn't. Well, that was on purpose. 
she sucks. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Hopefully, we'll mo- maybe she gets something better later in this series, but we'll see. Probably um, stay the same. way she uses them is <laughs> a lot better. <laughs> maybe she gets more interesting. I don't know. She's uh, the the. What do you mean? Not to me. <laughs> Not to me. Pheromone girl don't have it. It's um, not like. We won't go there. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you like Icarus? He seems to be kind of just off back in the background. He wasn't really feeling Hellion. Um, I don't really know the future. Do they use him often? I actually even, not even just the future of this book, but like in the Krakoa sense, is he around? He showed up that one time for Arrow's Crucible issue. Oh, right. Right, spoiler alert. Alert, he dies. Right. He was like from the bus, right? Or no, uh he um died before the bus, the issue before the bus, or after the bus, or they found his body before or after. Regardless, he died. He like was tricked by Stryker and they like cut his wings off and he dies. And then he gets shot. Mm-hmm. And he dies. It's it's fine. He's back yeah. now. Right, right. Right. They were really putting them kids through it, I see. They were. But, you know, a trial by fire sometimes is necessary. It makes them more interesting. <laughs> Maybe that's what Fairmoon Girl would be, like, more interesting. I never forget, like, when I was reading those issues back in the day, like, again, like, reading Academy X, it's a very, like, not slice of life, but it's fun. It's, like, teen drama. You know what it's I'm saying? It's very teen drama, yes. It's giving you, it's like... very Degrassi. Degrassi, we just happen to have powers. And then decimation happens and the shift happens. And the shift was very much like things are real, y'all are mutants, things are bad, y'all are dying by the truckload. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) But I think to really appreciate that uh, post-decimation stuff, you have to kind of have this. Because like to see that the kids like, oh yeah, they have problems, but it was like, these are just stupid team problems. Your boyfriend's mm-hmm. playing you. You know, you and your roommate not getting along. Like you kind of like not doing your homework, whatever. Then it's like, oh, actually, <laughs> yeah, people are gonna <laughs> like shoot you. <laughs> so I think, and honestly, I think that's a big reason why a lot of people have such a strong affinity for the new X Men team because you did watch these kind of characters grow and go through that trial by fire. I think it's about something like the um, Teen Titans back in the day, the George uh, Perez and Wolfman stuff. Like, yeah. You saw it, it was very similar to that. So you yeah. broke that attachment. You watched them grow. You watched Lori go from this like meek girl to kind of finding her voice and being able to stand up to people a little bit more. You watched Serge start out as this like very angry, troubled girl who honestly is even more angry and troubled by the end of it. But <laughs> <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's found better <laughs> targets for that. And, like she. <laughs> She knows how to focus it more, and just it's very satisfying. Hmm. For some, I also remember this. Yeah, I don't know for me yet. I do remember this being the first time that the X Men actually did like a school school in Mm -hmm. a traditional kind of sense, where we actually saw them like you know the squads and the classes and stuff. It was very Harry Potter at the time, so I know that that kind of like hit for people. And, and I'd probably really like missed that too. That was like the squad. Mm-hmm. I remember at the time, like the squads were really cool. I was really into the squads idea. Um, I didn't like too much of like who was running the squads. 
Like, <laughs> but I just thought the squads were like a fun thing to do, which also now that I, I think about, I don't mind the whole like new mutant squad in this team with uh Sophia Windancer and like she wants to lead but she's not that great of a leader mm-hmm. and like uh what's that boy's name? Prodigy. Yes, he wants to. uh They all kind of think he should be the leader because he's like the most strategic with his powers and stuff, and he's kind of like reluctantly taking the. Mm-hmm. The because, very, it's know, it's very Danny and Sam in the early New Mutants era, and that like mm-hmm. again, I think that was a really nice parallel of this book too, especially having those former New Mutants in the book. It's like oh, we kind of see them and like how they were back then. You know, the Hellions being the Hellions, Emma's crew, Emma's around being herself, and <laughs> it's nasty fun. lady. Mm. Yeah. All right, we'll see what's coming up with more of these kids um, next week. Next week, we'll be reading just issues 10 through 12. Um, so check that out and definitely tweet along with us using hashtag ARBookClub or send us any of your comments. Um, I hope you guys have been enjoying going back to school with these kids. Um, let's take a break, and then we'll come right back. Cool. All right, All right, y'all, welcome back to another rewatch. And this week we are going to be discussing the latest installment of the MCU, and that is Thor Love and Thunder um, by Taika Waititi, with starring um, Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, Chris and uh, <laughs> um, I was going to call her Jane Foster because I think she was actually Nat- pretty good. Natalie Portman. <laughs> Natalie, Portman. Natalie Portman. And, uh, you know, I. I have to say this. My initial reaction is I think that it is not nearly as bad as the internet is saying. I think that, like, some people are dragging it. I don't think that it's, like, that awful of a movie. I think that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is still worse of an MCU movie to me. Is it a good MCU movie? No. No. I walked away very underwhelmed. Like... How in the hell do you have a movie with two Thors and not have a single memorable fight scene? You have two Thors. Nothing. I, um... Let me start out by saying I thought that Natalie Portman is Jane Foster was very cute. And I think that there were some humor elements that she implemented where, especially in the times where she was talking about, oh, I'm working on a catchphrase, or I'm saying this, or I'm saying this other thing. How does that sound? I think that's very true to comics. If you read those early Jane Foster Thor comics, like she was constantly in her head, like, oh, does that sound right? Or like, why am I talking like this all of a sudden? And things like that. So I thought that was a very cute callback. I thought her hair looked really good. And sometimes, sometimes the wig looks a little big. I mean, it's the MCU, so well, <laughs> like <laughs> it looked good. Um, <laughs> and I thought that there was one scene in the movie where they went to the shadow realm and the scene cut to black and white. I thought that was like very beautifully shot. I thought that was like that some really cool. great storytelling there. I thought like the way we saw the color and the costumes and the lightning and stuff like that looked good. Um, all in all. I thought it was a terrible movie. I like Damn. <laughs> went out, like I went out, like I watched it, 
And I remember in there, I was trying to, you know, get into it. I understand what Taika Waititi does. I understand the type of filmmaker he is. I actually enjoy a lot of his stuff. And I think I will still continue to enjoy a lot of his stuff even after this. With this, I just thought it was a terrible movie. I thought so much of the humor was like really ill-placed and ill-timed in it. I thought that a lot of times it took away from the severity of the situation. I didn't really enjoy the way that they did Jane's uh, cancer with Milnor and just like that whole discovery of just like, oh, it's not even like, you know, you're getting your chemo, it's kind of working, then this hammer's doing that. It's just like, no, the hammer's just like also killing you on top of this. It's like burning you out even faster. Um, I didn't enjoy the Guardians and seeing them at all. Yeah, um, I felt like they were only in it just because they were less seen together and they had to be. I don't know. Um, I did like the little montage that kind of showed the relationship of Thor and Jane. I feel like that's something we never really got to see in the movies in between. So I was like, oh, that's a cute little way. And I was like, and they actually had like really good chemistry in those scenes too. So I, I did think like, so too. They did have like, pretty good chemistry. I was like, this was really believable. Like, I love that. I love watching it grow. I love watching it grow apart. I was like, it made sense. It tied a lot of those movies together. So shout out to them for doing I believed him every time he said he loved her. Yeah, it was like, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't enjoy the Tessa Thompson Valkyrie stuff. I don't know. I just, it wasn't hidden for me this time. You don't like lesbians? I do, but I just like them here. I mean, I don't know if she is one. <laughs> right. Oh, my. Well, no, we we guess maybe no. They were, like, very... She kissed somebody's hand. hand. Kissing like <laughs> always bringing up her girlfriend who died in the Valkyries, and um, which I thought was nice, I guess, to kind of have that kind of confirmation, but she was just kind of there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I did. <laughs> It was like, okay, you ain't need to really be in here. So whatever. That I thought right. that was issues. Um I didn't enjoy the like the when they saw Sif, when he found Sif, like in the mm-hmm. ice and her arms cut off and she had like that little moment, like that became a little joke. Like she just got her arm cut off and they like cracking jokes. I was like, okay. Yeah, that she's was like, cool. Oh, I'm ready to go to Valhalla. He's like, You survived. I didn't, I, didn't think the, I didn't think the humor was bad in this movie. I did think sometimes it went, like, some of the jokes lasted too long. Like, mm-hmm. they were, like, like you could have cut that um, and move on to the next thing. Almost as if it was, like, you know, when you improv something with somebody or y'all just riffing with each other, it's like, all right, <laughs> we could cut this now. Yeah. We don't got to keep going back and forth. Um, but overall, like, the humor wasn't terrible. I was expecting it to be, like, Like it was. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> I, but I honestly don't remember Guardians of the Galaxy 2 humor. I've tried to like block a lot of that movie out. And I've never watched it. I watched it one more time after it came out just to confirm. And then I was like, oh, I've never watched it yet. Yeah, it's not good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and this one, the whole third act, I recognize that I'm old and older. But mm-hmm. well, like, do we really need Thor powering up all those kids? Oh my God, that was terrible. It was terrible. Like, what are we doing here? Like, like be was, serious. It was so <laughs> weird. It was like, it was weird in the sense that, like, we just go over how these kids, like, have no battle prowess. Like, some of them aren't even as guardian. Like, they don't do this. And then, but you give them your power and they just get it anyway. So, what was the point of even asking them and going through that whole thing and being like, pick something up? And why are we okay with you having these kids fight these? 
Because what if they would have died? Yes. I was you just trying to take fight. them back to their parents. I hated that. I did not. And like if that. you could, if he could always give people powers like that, why wasn't he doing that before? <laughs> what the hell? This was a terrible movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. But um, I was thought I was going to say something nice just now, but no, that was also going to be something mean. So I'm not going These to. Hercules in that after credit scene looked hot. Hercules was great. <laughs> that was banging, okay? Hercules that was a post credit scene. Let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. I enjoyed that. And I, would, I wasn't expecting that casting either. Like, nowhere in the realm of ever doing Hercules, like, did I think of him, but like, it was perfect. Okay. And he looked great. Do you remember his name? The guy from Sensei? No, but I know he looks good. Yeah, I know him from. Um... Wait, no, that's not. That's I'm actually thinking of a different actor. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? I'm gonna Google it. Okay, Google it. He's hot. Yeah, for sure. And he looks good. And I was like, oh yeah, that's Hercules. Miguel. Angel Silverstreet. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. No, it was Brett Goldstein. Oh, is it? Yeah. Or was someone else? Never mind, I was wrong. Who's Brett Goldstein? He is from uh, uh, Ted Lasso. I've heard really good things about that show. I've never watched it. I have to actually, and I haven't started watching it, which is weird because um, I oh. think Jason Sudeikis is cute. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah Brett Goldstein. He's hot too, so it works for me still. <laughs> yeah, he looked good. He looked. I thought he looked great as, as Hercules. He looked really hot. And um, I, to no one's surprise, Hercules has my favorite headpiece in all of Marvel. Mm. Uh, like universe, I love that headpiece he has, and he had it in the movie, and I thought that that looked really cool. Um, when they yeah, fight. yeah. Honestly, though, as soon as Hercules popped up, the first thing I thought of was Wonder Man, because that's his homie. Oh, okay. They're like friends. Oh, so he might show up in like the Wonder Man show. He probably is. Hercules is the one who. Um, Wonder Man quit the Avengers because he wanted to focus on acting because he was afraid, like, he was going through his, like, fear of dying um, mm-hmm. after being resurrected. And he was like, I'm going to quit the Avengers for a bit and work on acting. And Hercules is the one who's like, oh, I got an agent out in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. They became friends. Good for them. Wonder Man yeah. and Hercules. Oh, that means we won't get Beast. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, um, did but, you like yeah. the the who? Eternity. Oh, that was cool. I like the way I didn't that it necessarily looked. like the um the whoever finds eternity gets a wish thing. They made that up. Yeah. <laughs> for the people, who, for the people <laughs> who aren't aware of like the cosmic corner, that is not how eternity works. <laughs> so. I didn't really necessarily like that part, but Eternity is this big, like, cosmic thing. You can kind of do whatever you want to with him, so that's fine. Um, I liked I liked the way he looked in it. Mm-hmm. I liked it, too. I didn't like the way it turned into the girl. And did not do that. 
did not came, that. What was what was what was the thing from um that Avengers event with old man Steve Kobix? Oh yeah, Kobix. Yeah, who that was the they were a reality stone like come to life. Yeah, that's what this was giving me. And then like the ending when they're like all fighting together and it was like, oh, they were knowing this love and thunder. I hated that. I hated it too. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> I hated it when they like gave her powers at the end and like I don't know. I was I like, like it. <laughs> I like I like literally in the theater. I went what? <laughs> and you know I like fun. I love fun, but like oh no, that was not an enjoyable movie to me. I'm sorry. And I and again I really like Taika Waititi and a lot of stuff he did. I was I'm a big fan of Ragnarok. Like I go up for that movie. Um, but this was not it. And if we are going to get more Thor movies, and they said Thor will return. You know what? I did like the way that they did that because uh, the post credit scene. Um, oh, and I'm sorry. Was it the post credit or the mid credit? Whichever credit scene it was. <laughs> um, we saw Jane ends up in Valhalla with, mm-hmm. um, because she did end up passing away. And we saw her there. And... After that scene is when they say Thor will return. So we don't know if it might be the mm-hmm. Mighty Thor or Odin's son. It'll be both. We only need one, and it's not Odin's son. I will admit that uh, Jane's girl boss moment, I liked it. Did you? <laughs> I did. When she, I was like, oh, I'm up now. When you know, she was like, first of all, it's the Mighty Thor. I'm not Lady mm-hmm. Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't work. I am Dr. Foster. Period. <laughs> and if you that know, it's, work, take my hammer. And she said, it's interesting, though, that she also ended up in Valhalla at the end because, like, we had commentary earlier from Valkyrie, you know, just about how she was the last Valkyrie. She lost all her sisters and things like that. And we know in the comics, Jane does become a Valkyrie with Andron. And that arm thing, which I do not like, but people love it for some reason. I like it. It's cool. It's. No. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> love it whatsoever. She should cool. just be Thor. But whatever. Like, so it'll be interesting to see if they come back. They come back and do like a little bit Mighty Thor for her, or like we hit some Valkyrie stuff. Hmm. They could do something where they did both. Where even if I mean, if Natalie Portman comes back again, I don't know. <laughs> she, she a little wishy washy. That's a good point. But I mean, if the check is right, she might want to come back. I think this time she was like, you know, I'll come back, but I want to have a hammer. I want a cape, <laughs> so make it do what it do. I want to do all of that stuff too. I um. I might have to support this movie though, because I wonder. You like you said, like the, I think the movie was terrible, but I don't think it was as terrible as a lot of people on the internet are saying. And I wonder if they're just doing that to be anti-Jane. And I can't stand for that. Uh, they might be. Some people are, you know, they hate women, so a lot of people do, unfortunately. But yeah, I did think the movie was terrible. Overall, what would you rate the movie? Out of Five out of ten. Oh, okay. Like a four. Damn. Are there things below this movie for you in the MCU? Like movie wise or show wise? Movie wise. Eternals is still right there at the bottom. 
Mm. Love and Thunder might just be like just a little bit above it. I was gonna say the same. Just it's not a lot. Like, <laughs> not a lot. Like not a lot. Like and Guardians in the like the Guardian Guardians two is also uh, down there as well. Like please don't get that twisted. But like Love and Thunder, you know, she ain't far up. <laughs> right. When they handed out tickets in line, it's like y'all are only a couple spaces away. <laughs> it's, 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 it's okay. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like those actually. Yeah, I think these are probably my, I think those are my top three worst MCU films. Guardians 2, Eternals, Love and Thunder. That makes sense, yeah. I would have to probably agree with that. I would overall give this movie a 6 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, like a 6, 5.5, somewhere in there. <laughs> All right. Would you, <laughs> would you watch this again? No, I would have no reason to. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about this, but I always grade like the way I look at these superhero movies is I like have like my own like grading scale, and I would say comic book accuracy is important to me, but I'm not a stickler for it coming directly off the page. Like as long as you keep the spirit of the comic book that you're trying to add adapt or the character that you're trying to adapt, I'm cool with that. Um, general like you know just a cohesive story um you know that has my attention and like was i entertained and overall this movie didn't really hit <laughs> those three pillars <laughs> I agree. Um, so that's kind of where it's where it's landing for me i also think i'm about to take off some points because i really thought hercules was that guy from sensei and now that i know it's not i'm not as excited what guy from sensei the hot one, the gay one. They were all gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was like one of the first gay ones before everybody turned gay. Yes, and he was like yes. really dramatic. Him. No, no he's fine. That's okay. Not his <laughs> I, yeah, I see that now. And it's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> no, that's not him. <laughs> yeah, but that's who I thought it was. Mm. Mm. But whatever. I don't think I would see this again. Make a good um, living lightning. Who? <laughs> Never mind. Forget <laughs> Who is that? Oh, that's that guy. That's that guy you like. Lightning. <laughs> yes. Living the yes, yes, No, I know who you're talking about. He just goes he, by lightning. Um, you uh, you like some. He's probably gonna make his way to the MCU eventually. They run out of the character. He is honestly like at, at, at this point now, you could be a new X Men fan, and your fans are probably gonna make it. Look for that. <laughs> <laughs> coming. <laughs> mm. All right. Well, let us know what you guys thought about Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, if you liked it a lot more than we did. Um, or if you also were thinking it wasn't all that great, <laughs> we love all the comments and appreciate all the love and support. Um, that brings us to the end of the show. Please make sure you rate and subscribe us, subscribe to us. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter and Instagram at another relaunch. You can email us, whatever at another relaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on most socials at LZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keen Alliance. As always, there's an underscore at the end. Boom. All right, y'all. We'll get up out of here and we'll catch y'all next week. Peace, Peace. out.
And we're going to watch both episodes of Miss Marvel 5 and 6 since I forgot to watch them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, somebody it forgot was, to watch. So. It was a busy week. It's not my fault. It's not we'll my fault. We'll save it for next week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>